<laughs> Uptown Girl by Billy Joel. Where this is phenomenal. I from? love this song. <laughs> so this is this song. Okay, okay, we can't get back to topic now because <laughs> this song is amazing. He used to be married to Christy Brinkley, and she was the Uptown Girl in this video. And I used to see him on Martha's Vineyard growing up because oh, we'd, wow. we'd go to Martha's Vineyard. It was just like ferry ride away, and uh, and just for the day or whatever. And we had a friend. I had a friend who had a cottage over there and on the island. And he would he would be pulling up his like motorboat with Christy Brinkley, and I think he had a couple kids. I can't quite remember how many. But anyways, he was always a nice guy. Did you know he was a boxer? No, I did not. Before he was that. a singer. No. Yeah. Yeah, w- way better career singing. Oh yeah, and boxing. <laughs> Lot longer lifespan in that. Right? I think so. so. He's been around forever. Yeah. I mean, since like the seventies, I think. Eighties for sure. Eighties for sure. Yeah, I remember. What was the only the good die young? Only the good die young. Yeah. Phenomenal song. Yeah. Yep. That's fantastic. Yep. Yeah. So hey, if you guys are listening, this is apologetics.com radio where we challenge believers to think and think is to believe. It is. Well, for me, it's Friday. Now I'll say Saturday morning. Saturday morning, very early. It's very early. It's twelve thirty, uh, on uh, what month is it? January eighteenth. Yes. Unbelievable. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Is this our first time doing a show? So, yeah, yes, it is. it is. Oh my goodness. And uh, tonight is is we're talking all things science because we have uh, the head of the ASA, the American Scientific Affiliation. What is your official title there? I keep Executive forgetting. Executive director. Boss woman. That's what it says on her uh, on her desk and in, on her office. <laughs> you don't have exactly. an office, do you, for that? I do have an office. Do actually, you really? In yeah, Topsfield, Mass. You have an office in Topsfield, Massachusetts. I do. How often do you get there? I'm there probably three or four times a year. That's I unbelievable. Guess. Yeah. Do you have a is there a name placard outside your office? Um, that's a good question. I don't think so. Does it say boss woman? It should. <laughs> no, it does not. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. So the American Scientific Affiliation is a wonderful organization that uh, if you're listening to this, you should definitely support. And you can go online to the www.asa3.org and, yep. um, and you can go on there, you can donate, but you can also... Uh, become a member yes and uh, membership comes with amazing perks and just one of them is full access to their website it's also you get uh you're going to get the quarterly, quarterly journal, journal. Mm-hmm. sent directly to your home mm-hmm. so you can lay it out on the coffee table and people will think you know everything <laughs> they'll think you're omniscient like god <laughs> or you can actually read it and learn <laughs> yeah that's probably the better way to do it and um and you guys want to make sure that you don't miss out on the annual conference now i just learned last Half hour, then the last half hour, you can't sign up quite yet, but um, but keep your eye on ASA number three dot org, yep. and you can go on there and learn some information. Yeah, there's a lot of information about it. the The um, meeting is the 24th through the 27th of July this coming summer, and it's going to be held at Point Loma Nazarene University in, in sunny San Diego. So nice. great destination. The theme is the gift of Scientia. The body of Christ and the common good. Scientists and theologians working together. Yikes! Yeah, that fits like perfectly with what we're talking about I tonight. Know. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. And San Diego that time of year is amazing. Yeah, exactly. amazing. Does it come with surf lessons? <laughs> well, we might have some early morning surf sessions. I, I'm sure that know? I'm sure there'll be some scientists down there surfing. I'm taking my surfboard. That'd be amazing. That'd I've be... never been surfing. Really? Never. Cancel your plans for Canada and come there, and I'll There's teach you. There's no to surf. surfing in Canada. Exactly. That that should be the that should be the the yeah, the, the focal point. No, there's no surfing in Canada, but um, but yeah. So you know, before we jump into our topic, I think we have a caller. 
Oh, and awesome. I'm going to pick it up. And uh, are you there with us, Elaine? Yeah. Hey, Elaine. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? I'm so good. Thank you for giving us a call. And you know what? I don't have like any notes here in the comment section, so I have absolutely no idea what you want to ask us. It's a oh, surprise. The question is for you. You mentioned that you were atheist until you were 20 whatever years old. Mm-hmm. And that... Um, the reason that you are atheist is because of your research. And I wondered, how would you um, explain Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 <laughs> and 4, where it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, just as he chose us in That's right. before the foundation of the world. And from what I'm hearing, you're saying it's because of something that you personally did. I'm not sure I understand that. Yeah, I think that's a great question. Elaine, have you called before? Yes. I love it when you call because <laughs> <laughs> I think you're awesome. No, so I would say, Thank okay, you. so, so um, this is what I would say. I agree with Ephesians 1, and I think that God... Uh, uh, preordains, right? So so God is the one who elects. And since the foundations of the earth, he knew that I was going to be an atheist. But I'd say that God used uh, a number of things. Um, one of them is the Holy Spirit to soften my hard heart, right? Um, and he calls me. And then part of the way that he did that is through uh, people like Ravi Zacharias, uh, Stan Theresa and Greg Kokel, um, and a lot of other wonderful uh, men and women who... Uh, showed me that there's good reason to believe uh, in the Christian worldview. Now, the salvation part of it, what brought me to Christ is God himself and, and only only God. Um, and, and he's always uh, had that in mind uh, since forever, right? So the Lamb's Book of Life is written. And uh, every name that should be in there is there. There's not one that, you know, on the day of uh, on the day of judgment, God's not going to say, oh, boy, I wish, uh, you know, Billy Bob was in the book of life. I can't believe I missed him. He knows everybody who's going to be in there and uh, it's complete. Does that make sense? All except one thing. You're crediting yourself with your decision. No, I don't. So, no, I, I don't think I am. So I didn't. I did not make the decision to. To I think that God gave me good reasons to believe. Now this is just this is my theology, right? So uh, I don't shy away from my theology. I'm reformed in my theology. So I don't believe that. Uh, I couldn't say no to God's grace, right? So I believe in irresistible grace, but I think God used things in my life to get me there. If that okay, makes. Okay, I'm not saying that. You didn't say that. I was saying the way that you said it. It sounds as though you were taking credit for your no longer being an atheist. You became a Christian. That's why I questioned it. Yeah. You know, no. If I that. if I may, if I came across as if you could rehear what you if you could hear again what you said, um, it sounds like well I made this choice on my own. That's why I questioned what you were saying on that one. Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to re re listen to it. But there are. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I will. And that was that was in accordance with the free will conversation that we were just having, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I um that that's that wouldn't be what I believe. Um okay. I I I don't think I don't think I can resist God's grace. Okay. 
I'm glad I'm glad that we cleared that up, Lynn, because I would not want you to be mad at me. <laughs> oh, you know what? You know, this is these are not topics for us to get angry about. <laughs> I was I was being facetious. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I love it when you call in. And you last time, oh man, Elaine called did you call like two weeks ago? And it was such a good call. I can't yeah, remember what no, it wasn't two weeks ago. Oh, okay. But it was just, no, I, I, I do remember your voice. Yeah, I've called these. I've called several times. Yeah. I, I enjoy the show. I stay up to listen to it. I appreciate that. And uh, where in L.A. are you? Um, I'm in the 90043 area code, if okay. it tells you, around Slauson. Okay, yeah. City, Ladera. Yep. I'm not in Ladera. I'm near Ladera. That's a good, I think, landmark. Right on. Awesome. Well, Elaine, I hope, did, did I answer your question? Was that good enough for you? Yeah. You you mentioned the key word, and the key word, I thought, is grace. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, uh, we're saved by Christ and Christ alone, and so no man yeah. can boast. And, right. uh and, and And I, I like that you call for clarification on that. That's, that, that's really good of you. So praise the okay, Lord. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so, thank you so much, Elaine, and have a great night. Thanks for listening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Uh, bye. Elaine called like, man, I remember it. I, I remember it like it was last week. I feel like, <laughs> and she's just so passionate, and she added so much to the show. And uh-huh. I can't even really remember exactly what it was on, but anyways, I like being uh, I like being challenged and make make sure that my 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 speaking is precise. Yeah. So thank you, Elaine, for calling. And um, okay, so. We are talking, well, we were just talking kind of about free will, and, and uh, but that's not the topic that we're talking about. We were talking about that in the context of certainty and skepticism, right? you know, and then we got into God's natural revelation and how, you know, the heavens declare the glory of, go- um, the glory of God. Right. Uh, and uh, he's given us enough around us to believe in God. So no man is without excuse. That's Romans right. 1. And then we started talking about what are some of the big obstacles, right? not necessarily outside the Christian faith, but within exactly. the, the, the that, Christian worldview. That makes it difficult to sometimes see the compatibility of science, of science and faith. And, and Christianity, yeah. yeah. And, and what, what's, let's just go through a couple one by one. Right, right. So a lot of times you'll have people that um, have difficulty reconciling the age of the earth um, as viewed from scientific evidence uh, versus uh, passages in scripture that when interpreted from a 21st century Western perspective might look like they're referring to a relatively young earth and and young creation. Uh, And so that's, that's something that people bump up against. And, um, you know, we, again, we go back to that idea of careful reading of scripture, right? And so what was the original audience? What was the author's intent and, and that, that sort of thing? And I know one thing that um, helps my students a lot with uh, Genesis 1 is just the simple understanding that the Hebrew word for day, yom, yom. Uh, can be interpreted in a variety of different ways, and one of which includes a long period of time. Yeah. And so that's that's helpful for a lot of uh, people, but it's also very helpful to go back to the original context and genre and understand that really it was this this passage is talking about uh, the fact that God created a place for humanity and desires a relationship 
with that humanity and, and looking at it as a theo- theological message as opposed to a scientific text. Sure. And I think that's important to stress here that there's room um, within Christendom uh, for our varying views. Even on this show, uh, the All hosts right. of the show have differing views. So you could be listening one week and you're going to get a young earth perspective. And I say young earth, I mean a traditionally, you know, I think 6,000 year yeah. uh, creation model where if you listen to us, we're going to explore more options, right? you know, and, um, and so there's, there's, I think it's important to understand that we can be brothers and sisters in Christ and not agree on the age of the earth. Right. Exactly. These are not salvific issues. They're not salvific issues and they ought not, I think, divide. And oftentimes my, my issue with this topic is I think it's just, it's a distraction, I think we just we we sit we sit and argue about this issue, and we forget that we're supposed to be uh, proclaiming Jesus, right? We're supposed to be go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and um, and and whether it's a young Earth or old Earth, I mean, these are fun discussions. Don't get me wrong; I like having the discussion. It's fun. Well, and and the other thing beyond that that I find is important is this can be an obstacle to faith for some people. Oh, for sure. Uh, so, so it's important for us to be able to show that um, this, you know, this misunderstanding of how science and faith uh, could fit together uh, needn't be an obstacle to to having faith. Yeah, that comes up a lot actually, yeah. and it's not even just uh, even the old Earth, young Earth uh, evolution. It's right. another area where um, that's oftentimes an obstacle. Like people will bring that. I used to, as an atheist, to my wife, who we weren't married yet, but when we were dating, she, I would bring up evolution all the time to her as if like, I can't believe you don't believe in this stuff. I cannot believe you. Do. Like, I thought that you were intelligent and obviously you're not. And um, and it was, it was a huge obstacle to me. And if, if somebody, eventually, I mean, somebody did, but if somebody was able to just to kind of knock down that obstacle and be like, yeah, well, you know what? Let's talk about that later. Yeah. Like, you know, and then worldviews, once a worldview shifts, you know, once, once Christ uh, enters, enters your heart, you know, yeah. once you, once you are, once your hard hearts turn soft, uh, possibilities. Yeah. Uh, and that, yeah. Evolve, uh, yeah, that actually brings up a good point too. And that's the, you know, going, going off of the, what we just talked about with the age of the earth and, uh, and then the idea that, um, God does possibly use processes. I mean, we certainly look in our own lives and how, you know, we pray for something. I always use the example of patience. We pray for patience. We don't expect God to snap his fingers and give us patience the next morning when we wake up. I right? wish he would. Right. It'd be so much better. Right. Well, I say that, in our maybe view, not. Right. But, but yeah, so instead God takes us through or allows us to go through processes in our own lives that bring us patience. Yeah. Right. And, and, and how much more significant and lasting is that? Yeah. Uh, and it's a, an experience that we can remember and refer back to. Uh, and so if God uses processes in our own lives, in our spiritual walk, then why should we expect that he wouldn't use processes in the natural world? So, and if, if the earth is old, then we can allow for those processes. And sure. to me, it's even more magnificent to see God working through natural processes, through laws that he set up to govern these processes, than to think that maybe he just snapped his fingers and, and brought things into existence. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. I think 
Um, and again, I, I wish that there was more, uh, I guess, light produced and heat in this conversation. Oftentimes yeah. it's, yeah. Uh, you know, a, a, a tooth and nail fight yeah. as opposed to uh, a true discussion yeah. uh, of believers trying to um, figure out what's true. Yeah. You know, and the light, it, it comes back to our, uh, you know, the what I said before, you know, I believe what I believe because I think it's true. Yeah. You know, if I thought if, if I didn't think it was true, I wouldn't believe it anymore. You yeah. Know, um, but. Yeah. yeah, if these parties could just get together and have these conversations, I mean, I've I've seen um, in settings these conversations blow up. Yeah, you no, know, between I... otherwise like very intelligent, good men and women. I mean, these people are really good people, and they yeah. love the Lord, but they just lose their their cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, in the conversation, and it is it's an obstacle. It's an absolute obstacle. Um, yeah, to to people. You know the um, the president of Biola University wrote an interesting book. Uh, recently called Love Kindness. Uh, this is Dr. Corey. Yeah, Barry Corey. Um, yeah, at Biola. And um, in his book, he talks about the the hard center of our faith and the fuzzy edges. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's actually, it's a really good metaphor in the idea that the hard center are the non-negotiables, the sure. things that are salvific. Yeah. The things, you know, the that... Deity, Trinity. Right, yeah. and Christ is Redeemer. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, um, all those things that are the salvific issues go in the hard center of our faith. But these fuzzy edge issues are ones where we have freedom to explore and, and even disagree with each other. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. They don't need to be divisive. Right. And, and, and I feel like oftentimes, like, we're not really going to know until... Yeah, uh, I, and, until until heaven, if if even then. First Corinthians thirteen twelve. Now we see through glass darkly. Yeah. Right. And and to me, I think that's just such a beautiful uh, image of not only our knowledge of God and all things spiritual, but also our understanding of God's creation. Yeah. Right. We see through a veil. Yeah. Right? And and I think that's for me. It's one of the things I look forward to. I mean, certainly. Uh, hopefully we're progressing in terms of our, our understanding of who God is in our own personal relationship with him, but also we're progressing in science and understanding more about this amazing creation that God has revealed himself in. Yeah. But we won't, we won't uh, know all things, certainly, at, at least until heaven, but I'm looking forward to the revelation in heaven That's about, right. about how all this was put together. I think it's going to be fascinating. It is going to be super fascinating. And that comes, that goes, like, kind of goes full circle back to where we start a conversation with as far as certainty right exactly. right i mean i don't think any of us are willing to claim uh certainty as well as i understand it meaning 100 percent absolute i know that this is true uh in the truest sense you know there's no chance that this is this is wrong um and there's very little i'd say uh, well that and, i believe that about and also i mean you know i i I'd like to see nobody likes to know it all. You know, if you think you know everything <laughs> there is to know about everything, then why do I want to have a conversation with yeah, you? Yeah. Right? Well, oftentimes those people are hard to have a conversation with. Exactly. But at the same time, there are things that we can know. Like yeah. we don't have to shy away from taking a dogmatic stance on certain things, right? Like I said, the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty gosh darn sure that Jesus was raised yeah. from the dead. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have I have good reasons for that, I think. Right. And and that's another thing we talked about, you know, different ways of knowing, right? And whether that's experiential and yep. I mean that love relationship that we enter into with God through Christ uh is an experiential one, 
right? And the more we get to know God, the more we trust him. That's so good. And that's so hard to explain to the non-believer too. You know, I would never use that as an argument for the existence of God, but it certainly is, uh, it certainly is true. Like when you know, like I know Jesus, Yeah. you know, and when I say that to my family, they're just like, what are you talking about? You know, hence the delusional aspect. Um, but you do, it's a true relationship, yeah. you know, and, and the more you get to know him, the more you get to trust him. Yeah. And then actually for me, the more I've trusted him, the more open it's made me to, um, be willing to explore, uh, areas that yeah. are otherwise kind of not off limits, but certainly difficult for yeah. me or, you know, that you, you don't sometimes there's these rocks that you don't want to turn over cause you're worried about what you're going to find. Yeah. But I trust Jesus and who he is. Yeah. And I think also it, it's an analogy that people can relate to in relations with other people. Sure. You know, it's like if we can talk about our love relationship with God as being parallel to a love relationship with a, a another human, whether yeah. that's a parent or child or spouse or, or whatever. Um, it, I think it gives people a glimpse of what that's like for us. Yeah. So, so we've looked at some of the obstacles, you know, we mentioned, uh, age of the earth, we, uh, the miracles, whether, um, they, uh, they're, God uses a process mm-hmm. or is it just a hard miracle? You know, these are some uh, obstacles, right? What are some of the, the, the remaining time? I think we have, I don't know, five to 10 minutes left. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of the ways that, that we can, um, Right. That we can make peace between science and, and faith. Right, exactly. Um, so um, because of the fact we have such a short amount of time left, I do want to refer people back to the website, the ASA website, asa3.org, where there are tons of resources on this kind of thing. But but let's go ahead and try to zoom through some of these uh, ways of, <laughs> of trying to make peace, right? Um, so one of the things is to acknowledge that modern science actually arose in Christianized Western Europe through people who believed in an orderly and rational God who uh, exists outside of creation and uh, is not offended, but, but actually encourages us to investigate his handiwork. Um, and many of the pillars of the scientific revolution were Christians, such as Francis Bacon, Nicholas Copernicus, uh, Johannes Kepler, Galileo, Newton, and the list goes on and on. Lightweights. <laughs> right. What, what did Newton know? <laughs> He's a freaking genius. I know, like really big. <laughs> I mean, all these guys were. I mean, amazing. And and the fact that... They're modern... no Leslie Wickman. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that, you know, that, that that modern science came from the likes of these Christians. Unbelievable. Right? Yeah, and, mm. and it was their pursuit of God, as far as I understand it. It was really their pursuit of God and creation, the world around them that led them to feel free to discover these things. Right, exactly. And to be inspired by the awe and wonder that God's creation uh, puts in people. That's right. right? Yeah. And somewhere along the lines, what we discussed it earlier, things got kind of turned upside down where we stopped doing that. What there's no reason to fear anything like, right? We, yeah, exactly. We should be able to press into any issue. And, exactly. And, you know, we should be the best scientists right. on the planet. I mean, yeah, exactly. That is so true. And if we really trust that God is the source of all this wonder that we see in creation, yeah. then, then why be afraid to study his own revelation that's right. in nature? I, I 100% agree. I yeah. think that's really good. Yeah. And, we, and the people, like you said, that paved the way in science, I mean, this is, these are the people who created 
the way we do science yeah, today. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what what's another way that we can make peace? Well, I love this whole idea of God's two books, how God reveals himself both in scripture and in nature. And the key is if we trust that, if we trust that both are actually God's revelation of himself, yeah. then we can see them both as reliable witnesses to Absolutely. who he is. And so the key is figuring out how those books fit together with each other. And so they can help inform our understanding of, of both, you know, the data that we get from science as well as our in. Our, our most reasonable interpretation of scripture. Yeah. So I think that God's two books model is a really great and useful tool in, in having this discussion about yeah. science and faith. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's really good. So we already talked about how God uses processes in our lives and, and why not in nature. And that's another talking point, I think. Um, another is the cosmological argument that anything that begins to exist must have an external cause for its existence. And yeah. that goes right along with the, the story of, of creation. Yeah. God is outside of everything that he created and, and creating uh, space, time, matter, and energy, right? So, um, and Yeah, then, that's actually one of my favorite arguments to use. Yeah, I love it. I lo- that it's a really great way to launching off point to talk to somebody who doesn't uh, believe like you believe. Yeah. And if you can learn to rephrase it in a way that's just kind of conversational, you know, like where, where'd this all come from? Exactly. Because everything that begins to exist, scientifically, we're told everything that begins to exist has a cause. Right. So yeah. what's the cause to everything? Yeah. Everything that we observe. Yeah. Because you can't, yeah. yeah, there's no, you can't have a natural infinite anyways. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fantastic, that's a whole nother show. Right. So another another talking point is the teleological argument um, of the order, orderliness and the fine tuning that we see in nature that point to a pur- purposeful creator. Yeah. And that's another, like I say, great talking point uh, in this dialogue. Yeah. A lot of people don't even think about that stuff. Yeah. I, I like, I mean, just, I mean, little things like the the coordination and the ability it takes for people to walk. <laughs> right. That's a great example. It's unbelievable. There's so many. We take yeah. for granted this stuff yeah. or the, the complexity of the eye and like how we can see right. and how that's, or, that's used, how the eye works. It's or, just unbelievable. Yeah. Or the composition of our atmosphere. Unbelievable. Right. I mean, there's just so many things. The distance, distance. of Earth from the sun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just so many things. This, the the magnitude of gravity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, and then one of the other things on the list is the uh, the winsome examples of faithful Christians who are top notch scientists and have shown that um, faith and science fit together in their own lives. Yes, they do. And so we just barely scratch the surface as usual. So if you guys are listening and you're like, I want more. Go to ASA, the number three, dot org, and there's so many articles. I mean, there are so many articles ranging in complexity. There's stuff for beginners. There's stuff for advanced. Um, you can listen to lectures. You can watch some lectures. And um, more importantly, you can donate there or you can um, become a member. Absolutely. Which, if you're a student, I think you can be a member for free. Absolutely, yes. Please, so, please join us. So do that. And uh, it's been a great night. It went really fast. Thanks, Dr. Wickman. Thank you. It's so much fun. And if you guys have been listening, this is apologetics.com radio where we challenge believers to think and think is to believe. And uh, we're done for this week, but we're going to be back next week. So make sure you tune in. And in the meantime, go over to the ASA number three dot org and read all about science and faith. Talk to you in, well, next week. Have a good one, guys.